Friday night smackdown podcast from the shadows split doing the damn thing WWA what's good y'all uh, Brooklyn for uh, smackdown live the show was uh, promoted highly uh, I think it was the first time Friday night smackdown was in uh, Brooklyn you know from Fox and such like that being in broadcasting but um yeah it was a cool show you know we in the holiday season we building toward the rumble and uh right now this is uh the the calm you know before everything starts uh really just uh speeding up and you know just getting uh much more exciting i would say let's really really start focusing on some of these mania builds and with each pay-per-view just, uh, you know, just really reinforce the importance of the matches, you know, as we go through them, you know, so it starts from some and then eventually gets to all, I think that would just be the smartest thing to make Mania uh, a, a spectacle, you know, more so than what it already is going to be, you know, with later on this year, but whatever, anyway, uh, Daniel Bryan, Reinvigorated, they calling him. He comes out, uh, start off the show, fun stuff, and uh, comes out, talks, calls out the fiend, talks about uh, the change, and now he's gonna change the fiend, and blah blah. And it's like, okay, well, let's see, uh, let's see what type of plan DB has. Let's just shout my man and Brian out, looking like, looking like old school Daniel Bryan. When was that? When when he had his little extra you know modes and stuff like that when he was the highlight of one of the wwe 2ks he looked like that again but he actually does look i mean everyone's saying it i hate to sound cliche but he really does look 10 years younger and he uh you know he just has a different energy to him now you know then maybe that wasn't the look but he is uh definitely one of the pillars in uh, the circles where they argue, oh no, that's that's it's the new WWE superstar. It's the new superstar of today. You know, you don't necessarily have to be the biggest with all of the muscles. Dane Ryan's been in the gym also, so uh, I mean, it's uh, it's all been really good looks. So um, he's back, very exciting. Calls out the fiend. The Miz comes out. Him and Miz uh, have the little quick back and forth out comes Corbin and he uh talks about them being failures and well failures of life or failures as fathers or something like that and um I mean great heat the Brooklyn crowd they were turned up early I hate the fact that the crowd is so excited I guess it's just the anticipation building from again waiting online outside and then finally getting in the building and you know, dealing with concessions and maybe the uh, the merch booth and all the rest of that. Then finally finding your seat and then sitting there and counting down the minutes, you know, until showtime. So I, I get it, you know, like uh, they start off and they're really excited. So Corbin came out and I mean, the, it was loud, you know, at least from my television standpoint. Um, so uh, good stuff. And he calls out, call him out for being bad dads and such like that. My thing is this. 
The law of diminishing returns is something I learned about, and then it was reinforced when I started watching WWE again. Are we really about to continue with the cheap heat? Because it's only getting cheaper, you know? Like, this is... Like, let's not do the over-reliance thing. And let's start to take a little bit more of our time with some of these storylines. Now, I don't write the product. I don't book the product. I am not... uh, a creative force behind the product. I like to uh, see me trying to do this podcast as some form of being, you know, uh, a creative aid, you know, in some ways, you know, shouts to Sasha. But um, yeah, I don't create the product. I don't book the product or anything like that. But I definitely uh, have some thoughts about just how fast these guys will uh, make something go stale to the rest of the WWE universe. And that is not my opinion. That's everyone else's from what I've just been paying attention to. So with that, uh, Corbin calling out the kids thing, like y'all bringing family into it. It's like, it's not, it's cheap. It's like calling out the city. It's calling out the sports team. It's cheap. My goodness. Like really? I, I I just like it, this is not gonna garner the heat the right way. All the other nonsense that has created the heat has been great, but now it's like okay, well I think we might have run out of ideas to get heat, so let's just go ahead and talk shit about the family members. Man, you know it could be a bigger plan at play, so I'm not gonna complain about it too much. I'm gonna continue to brainstorm on it, but I did want to share that uh, initial thought. So, um, he talks about them being fathers. Honestly, right now in this generation, there's been plenty of new dads and such like that, but The Miz and Daniel Bryan are both, you know, uh, really well-highlighted fathers in WWE in, you know, these past couple of years, and you know, they actually looked really great together when they, uh, I don't, I'm not really with the, ah, man, the odd couple tag team, we got that when we got Bliss Cross Applesauce. What we about to do with Daniel Bryan and The Miz? You know, like, it could work. It could. But are we about to really just hot shot this? Are we really about to hot shot this? Like, come on, because we don't want this to be cringe. Like, I mean, it could be a good rub for Miz, you know what I mean? But, hey, all right, here's one. Miz and DB get cool, and then Johnny Mundo come on back out and is like, wait, what are you doing with this fool? I don't know. I don't know. And I'm just I'm just calling, just throwing spaghetti at the ceiling at this point with that. But uh, Corbin set it off, you know, with the words, DB and uh, Mizzo definitely set it off with the with the physicality, and uh, right before all of that really you know reaches a boiling point, out comes Ziggy, and you know starts to beat down on both of them. So Miz and Debra are left laying while King Corbin and uh, Daniel Bryan are uh, you know excuse me King Corbin and Dolph Ziggler are standing tall, standing strong, so good look on them, uh, good heat, really good heat, I'm, uh, 
I'm 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 happy to see that like oh some people aren't necessarily the most ecstatic about Ziggy being such a blend-in character now. And I'm like, well it's better he be like this than be a whore. Like certain tag teams that we won't speak on. Just trying to rub coattails with the top prospects. You know, Ziggy makes these guys better. Like we talking that fiend stuff. Man, Dolph Ziggler actually makes these superstars that much better. Like he oh he's just a manager now. Hey some of the stuff that he does is a little over the top hypey, but at the same time, shit, Ziggy been around and everybody that Ziggy be around kind of get get a good look. I mean, Drew McIntyre is a force on Raw now, no questions asked. Baron Corbin, I would say, I mean, off off top, he's top three heels in the company right now. On SmackDown. On Fox, well, Friday Night SmackDown on Fox, I'd say next to uh, Bray Wyatt backslash The Fiend, Baron Corbin is the top guy as far as bad guys go. So, you know, I would I would attribute some of that to Ziggy. I mean, he needed some of the manpower with Ziggy and Rude. Get well soon, ha ha ha. And um, who else? Uh, the Revival. And shouts to them. You know, it's all good. But uh, really, like we're seeing great stuff. So. You know, that's what that is. Either way, 10 minutes on the opening segment, set up for the tag team match later on in the evening. Next up, I believe we had Heavy Machinery going. Let's figure that out. We had Heavy Machinery. And speaking of, it's Mm -hmm. all good. We had the Revival. Uh, They went at it in the Miracle on 34th Street fight. The player of the game, the man of the match, superstar of that segment was Michael Cole. All of the little 34th Miracle, blah, blah, all of the Christmas references, man, Jesus Christ. Is <laughs> He was really good at it. Some people call it, uh, some people get upset about it. I like Michael Cole. I think he's, uh, well, he's definitely my favorite commentator, regardless. And, uh, yeah, I'm happy that he just held it down the way he did. He was extremely comical with uh, the way he was doing this thing. Pardon me, folks. Pardon me. Got definite nasties on the road this morning. But we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Fuck. Pardon me. Folks, nigga thought. Part of my language, ladies and gentlemen. You know, you deal with these nasties on the road, you gotta get a little nasty right back. Straight up. Now, anyway, um, yeah, Michael Cole did this thing. It was a fun little match. The Legos came out, which is by far the most devastating weapon in WWE to date. And it only comes out maybe once or twice a year. Uh, this time around with the little, what was it, Scoop Slam, it, did, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, I thought it, I'm glad that nothing got lodged in the, um, Dawson's back. And uh, like last, I believe that happened to Lashley, which was bananas. And uh, yeah, it was a it was a cool little fight. Had the cookies, revival did their thing. Had a fun little tag team uh, promo. After the matchup, they might have lost, but it was still still alright, you know. And uh, you know they want this old school wrestling, and they mad that we're dealing in the era of sports entertainment. It's all good. Be mad, adapt and thrive, adapt and survive, or just simply perish. You know what I mean? Like one of the one of those. So 
make a decision and and make it quick because at the end of the day, it's uh you know it's plenty of other tag teams that that would love some of this television time that the revival has just been sopping up for the past couple of months. So we'll see how uh, these things continue to build. And uh, I mean, this whole comedy act talk between uh, the dirt sheets and the revival. Eh, I mean, I enjoy comedy. One thing I will say 100% is that these guys are good. You know what I mean? Like, they, whatever part is given to them, they do that shit well. They, I actually knock it out of the park a number of times. Hold on. Mandy gave Otis some ham for Christmas and gave him a kiss on the cheek. Oh, Lord. Mmm. Shouts to Otis, trending number world, excuse me, trending, trending number one worldwide. See, I can't even get my words across. Cause my man Otis, man, him and his proclamations, and then he it, it, look. All right, so that was actually another thing I wanted to get into. If we're gonna be doing this Mandy Otis thing, we need to take our time with this. As soon as WWE realizes they might have got a little bit of gold, like, oh, we struck oil. They will put that in, they just put it on overdrive. Mm-hmm. And it's like, please do not get this stale. Mm-hmm. It is too early. You know, like, uh, but yeah, like, we don't need to. We don't need to directly rush into each and every uh, storyline that the WWE Universe does latch to. Like, take time. This is definitely a good, uh, what, uh, other side to what's going on on Monday, excuse me, on Monday Night Raw. You know, we clearly know, and by the way, the wedding between Lashley and Lana is uh, scheduled for, I believe, the 30th. Uh, Jesus. So we're closing out the decade with with these two getting married. Jesus. Um, I'm sure Mr. McMahon is happy about that. So with that, um, yeah, let's let's not go crazy. This could definitely be a during the, you know, just weekly segment. And I'm not saying what it needs to be or what it should be or anything like that. This is just a suggestion from my observation. Let's not do too much too early nor too fast. Please. It's something that the fans like. Right now it has Otis over as a baby face. You don't want to blow the fuse too fast. Like, you're putting too much energy into it. And then it's just going to have everyone top out early. Let's not do that. We want Mandy to get over. We want Otis to get over. And I mean, he's over. Like, right now, like, this would take Mandy to the next level and it would take Otis to the next level. Like, it's there. That spark is there because it's naturally manufactured instead of, like, forcefully manufactured to where, oh, we're going to just gauge a reaction because, yeah, that's what we want, right? Look. If you want to yield the highest and best possible result, you'll do things naturally as if the people that you want watching aren't even watching Matt Camp. Whoa, what was that? Just had to bump a topic right fast. Click, clack, pow, pow. 
next segment. So, Carmelo went at it with uh, Sonya Deville. A lot of the Secret Santa talk. Maybe they could have went a little harder on the Secret Santa stuff this year. Like, it would have been... Uh, I mean, a, a little bit of, it seemed like it's, it was a fun little idea that they were running with just a small, small subplot. And it's like, well, you know what? Why not? This is actually very entertaining. Who's getting this secret saying is like Sami Zayn and uh, Braun Strowman. Sami Zayn drew Braun Strowman. I don't remember what he was talking about last week or who. But it was uh, definitely the, when they introduced the secret Santa idea. So now... He got Braun Strowman. Let's do continuity real quick, ladies and gentlemen. Sami Zayn and Braun Strowman were beef when Mick Foley was the GM of Raw. They couldn't even stop wanting to fight each other. So now they can stand in front of each other and, you know, be all happy about it. Hey, somebody in digital, go back and watch that feud or that rivalry, pardon me, and see how at each other's throats they were. Now all of a sudden, Sammy's trying to keep the peace and, oh, is there a problem? We got Cesaro doing lifeguard security. And what is with these joggers? No, Cesaro, no joggers. No more Capri pants for you. I, I was playing one of the video games sometime last year. Didn't even know what joggers were. Realized what joggers were and immediately changed those things. And I'm going to talk, believe me. So why? Why, Cesaro? You're cooler than that. Take, Get them joggers. Get them out of here. Because cause you're cooler than that. We want you to match up with Shinsuke. You don't look like an artist. You look like a starving artist. You, you, I don't even know what to call it. I'm not trying to be roasty or anything like that. But I'm just saying, y'all ask for a little bit more edge. Here it is for you. Cesaro looks just as stupid as that mohawk, which I respected from Sheamus in them joggers. Speaking of Sheamus... Backstage promos. Is he going to make his return at the Rumble or something? I think that would be, like, one of the best places to do it. Uh, you know, you know, you're talking all that old SmackDown is this and that. If Sheamus come back and don't win a championship, then all of these promos was for nothing, which is why I'm like, look, you can't be putting too much steam or too much sauce on these superstars in segments, and then it go nowhere because all of that will go for nothing, and then that'll just mess up the goodwill with the, with the next superstars that are coming up, cutting their promos backstage, talking about when they coming back. I'm just saying, like, this is, this is simple observation. I'm just trying to pay attention and share what I can. I'm not looking at the product like it's any worse. I'm just saying it's an observation. I took some time to actually pay attention to it optimistically for a year. I still feel just as optimistic toward it. But... This is about growth. Everything done ain't perfect. So, eh, not bad. So, uh, Mandy and, uh, pardon me, what, Mella and Sonya go at it. Quick match. Sonya tapped out to Dakota's silence. I'm a little upset about that. You know, like, there's, there's still much practice for Sonya to do. It's clear. Oh, yeah, she has an MMA background. She's great. Look. Look, I, I was rocking with the Jersey Devil from Tough Enough. No questions asked. But I don't really know. I didn't see too much of the grappling. I didn't see too much of the map-based, 
you know, technique uh, that I'm accustomed to seeing from certain superstars in the women's division, Mella included. I mean, what are we doing? Couple super kicks, couple strikes here and there, but it's not necessarily a match, you know, like it's it's all right, but it's like, well, what, what do we really got here? Like, what can we do? Can we, you know, not fancy tricks and moves, we need some of this in-ring mat base because that's what the people, I'm telling you, I, I know they want to see that. And that's what's going to take the women's division to the next level. Hands down, no questions asked. I'm saying that. Take it how you please. But we all love Mello. We all love Sonya. I am waiting for them to be able to get the opportunity to turn up the way we know they can. Right now is the time to create new superstars. If we really talking from a, uh, from a war footing, the men take on the men, the women take on the women. Now, the the women on the other side <clears throat> aren't they aren't really as uh, they aren't as beloved by uh, the internet wrestling community from what I've been paying attention to. That means the girls on our side are totally beloved. And the only thing that could be worked on or tweaked is what is being complained about. Now, this is a double-edged sword. You know, I'll throw it out there. We got uh, Mama Paige talking about how we need an evolution too. You know, we got the overheaded and all, you know, uh, the almighty Stephanie. You know, with with her words regarding the entire, you know, women's division and an evolution too, and all the rest of that stuff. And it's like, okay, well, why is the old man not signing off on too much of it? And I can see where his uh, concerns are. I'll put them in the words as we continue throughout the weeks, because let it be known, this is where we put the flag in the sand and say, all right, we're going to start really building on this because it's important. Uh, we got more women's matches last night, but it's not really like we're getting, you know, those explosive women's matches. Oh, it's only the four horsewomen being highlighted. First of all, we ain't really seen Sasha Emring in a couple weeks. Becky and, oh, excuse me, yeah, Becky and Charlotte, that's raw. Right now, we talking SmackDown. Bailey is highly disrespected as the SmackDown Women's Champion, and I'm going to campaign until she's not champion anymore for her to be treated as she's the goddamn champion of the number one, well, number two brand now, I guess, but still, 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 because NXT, right? And I mean, oh, uh, Survivor Series is next year. Are we really about to continue letting NXT ladies take over? Rhea Ripley is running the whole shebang. Shayna Baszler don't look no no weaker. Nick Tegan Knox is on the way back, and it's going to be hell to pay. Dakota? Don't get me started with Dakota right now, all right? So, all of these other superstars that I just called out, meanwhile, we got the Mandy and Sonya match, Mandy, pardon me, Mella and Sonya match, and... I was excited about that because it, it, I'm, I love Sonya Deville. I love Sonya Deville. I think she could be one of the best moving forward just in the company, you know? And it's not about, 
oh, whether or not you can do all of the great moves, because everybody can do all of the great moves. It's about all of the elements, like cutting a good promo, being able to, shit, put asses in seats, part of my PG, but I'm calling it. I mean, like, where is it? And then be able to bust off them really good moves that are, you know, that are going to have the crowd remember what's going on, that is going to make the opening highlight reel, like Charlotte doing that corkscrew, that she does not pull out anymore, unfortunately. And I'm still waiting, Charizard, you know? Like, yeah, Kyrie and Oscar getting a shot. And, I mean, we seeing more of it. So, as the ladies are starting to get more opportunities, we cannot have them blow this shit. And right now, in the moment, I don't want to speak impulsively, but though the match was well and they did not blow it, Mella and Sonya, it was it was lacking, you know? I'm going to call, just because, just because we just really getting started with this, starting this week. With really trying to build the women's division in whatever small way we can. I'm going to say it was due to time constraints. Now, we know sometime early in the year it was a fatal four-way or something like that on Raw. Didn't really work out that well. The match was like 20 minutes long, and it was really rough for a lot of the WWE Universe to digest. I get that. So, what can we do to make it more interesting? What can we do? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here observing and I, I want to see great things happen for all of the women superstars. This is why I just spent another damn about 15 minutes talking about this. Pardon me, but it's serious. Now, uh, Mella picked up the victory. Shouts to Mella. Good looks on her. Uh, happy about that. Sonia, I want Sonia to be that beast that we all know that she is. You're going to hype her up with the MMA background training. Look, and y'all took away her light show. I'm getting upset. I'm getting a little upset. I'm not going to front. I'm getting a little upset about that because it's not right. Sonya's not garbage. Why is we, like, we barely get to see her in ring. I mean, her theme song is something that you have to get used to. But still, still, you're going to take away the light show? Why? Because of time constraints? Why? Because she's not all that good? I think she's good, but we, I mean, I don't get, we don't get to see. So, Let's be able to find out. Maybe next week we'll see it. Look, if we took this long for Dana Brooke to get some opportunities, goddamn, we go. Look, we need Sonya to get some opportunities because I've been talking about Sonya Deville way before I was calling Dana Brooke Dana Brooke because she started out as not Alexa Bliss. A lot of ladies, not a lot of time. I get it. Let's move on. Uh, next matchup we had was the New Day. Taking on Shinsuke Naka Continental and Cesaro. Uh, I guess we're building toward uh, Braun Strowman, Naka Continental, Intercontinental Championship rivalry, which could be fairly interesting. Uh, I'm just going to leave it at that and uh, get into some of the magic that the New Day tried to bring back out. Now, I'm glad that it did happen. Biggie and Mella mixed match challenge years ago at this point. But uh, they definitely did the double dutch thing. And it was, I believe, Woods jumping in the middle. Get well soon, Woods. Out comes the New Day while Mel is celebrating her victory, which was a totally redeeming moment from that eh, match that they had. But I was, I was happy about it. It definitely made me smile. I was happy to see that it was just one of these moments that, you know, one of the feel-good moments. 
but yeah, Mello went up there, you know, what's up, new day, and then they, they start doing a double dutch thing, she jumps in, they in Brooklyn, you know what I mean, she's, she's right next door in Staten Island in so many tenses, you know Mello's neighbor, you know, so, um, yeah, the crowd enjoyed it, I'm sure. It looked like they were all enjoying themselves just as far as the entrance went. It was popping. Mello could have probably bust out a couple of tricks and moves just just, just to, you know, add a little bit more. So I'm going to say that's about a 9.8. It would have been a 10. She probably should have did a couple kicks, maybe a couple more spins. Did a, I don't know. But whatever, because now I'm just starting to spin off too much. But that was it was good stuff. So shouts to Mello on that. Shouts to New Day. They came out. Had a good match with Cesaro in his joggers and uh, Naka Continental. Uh, one of the key phrases I heard, key statements from uh, Gravy this time around. He said, uh, "Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think it's pretty. It's a pretty well known fact that Shinsuke Naka Continental has not even began to scratch the surface of what he's capable of in WWE." I 100% and wholeheartedly agree with that. I believe the New Day picked up the victory, which was all right. You know, it's it's cool. We it's that it's tag team stuff. You know, I I want I feel optimistic about the guys, all of them, and uh, you know the tag division is is continuing to build. You know, like uh, it's just continuing to build, and it's just a good look, revival included. You know what I mean? Like, cause they did have a bang up ladder match at TLC. You know, so. Uh, yeah, it was good stuff. Get well soon, Woods. And, um, you know, we always with him because we know he with us. Uh, so, yeah, good tag match. Let's try to move this along now because we've got an evening. I mean, well, not an evening, but we got well, we got the rest of the evening to get through. Bailey took on Dana Brooke. Uh, no title on the line. I'm glad to see Dana Brooke getting the opportunity, you know, to really, you know, show what she's capable of, show what she's been practicing. Wanted to practice a little bit more, you know, like uh, just keep on going, keep going strong. And um, Matt Bay's grappling in ring. We need in ring, not just cool flippies. She's working on her senton, real cool. Um, and and, and Bailey is our SmackDown Women's Champion. I'm sorry, one more time. For those in the back that didn't hear me. Bailey is our SmackDown, Friday Night SmackDown on Fox Women's Champion. Because apparently people have forgotten that. Okay, so what we will do is not seem like we're being too like, uh, you know, she's not like our favorite favorite, even though she's clearly like, you know, like I rocks with Bailey heavy. So um, the thought here, I enjoyed uh, Bailey being you know, dry and such like that, throwing her smirking every so often because, you know, it's what what type of character she was. But the people aren't necessarily feeling the dry, callous, you know, evil Bailey. So evil Bailey could either go really mean or really dickhead and laugh about it all. I almost want to say I'm leaning more, so, more toward Bailey trolling. I'm leaning more toward that. And I, I think that's, that's I think that's actually the move. Bailey can be extremely mean, but I think she should be a troll. Uh, what was it in the match? We had Sasha with an awesome new entrance, and uh, throughout the match, we heard a call out that she was the leader, and Bailey was the role model. Hmm, that's uh, 
that that's interesting. I'm gonna continue to brainstorm on that, and we'll get back to it as uh, time progresses. I'm not I'm not necessarily upset with it. I'm not opposed to the idea. It's just a new new dynamic between the two that I haven't thought of. But knowing that they're both behind each other with how this is all going about, and hopefully nobody turns on each other. Like let this team stick around. Let this team stay together. Please, so we can actually have some some goodness built. Um, what is it? I think uh, I think it's all right. Uh, Danny Brooke, Dana Brooke out there. All right, let's get to the good stuff now, cause that just reminded me. So Dana Brooke getting her ass kicked after the match or something like that. Out comes Lacey Evans, and uh, wait, 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 wait. Bailey picked up the victory off that goddamn right. That's her finishing maneuver. And, um, what was it? We saw, yeah, Sasha, I think Bailey was doing the post-match beatdown. Out comes Lacey as a babyface. I'm, I'm proud of Lacey being a babyface now. Uh, it's a little little rough, just like it was rough for me to digest Kevin Owens being a babyface for a while. It's a little bit of the same thing. Because, you know, Lacey was a heel in NXT. I didn't really watch too much. But when I did watch, I did see her. And then she got the fast track to the main roster when she was on her way to WWE sometime last year. Uh, you know, around now. And, um, yeah, we, uh, we, we, we're getting some good stuff for the most uh, as far as her being a baby face. This is another one of those times, though, where I'm going to have something to say about the cheap heat and the law of diminishing returns. Now, outside of storyline, Sasha was, you know, taking pictures with Lacey Evans' daughter, and that's all good, you know, like, they're all, they're all, it's all grits and gravy, like, everybody's happy, and, you know, like, this is a fan thing, and the superstar thing, and, you know, we're all in the ring, and it's just simulated, we're not really beefing, everything is all good, so just take it easy. Fine, well, and dandy. Are we really about to go this route again? It just reminded me of Mania, which was like another reminder. Like, yo, look at this cheap heat. Everybody's using family to try to get, get heat and shit. And it's like, all right, well, the fans are cheering Sasha still. And I mean, the bad guys are meant to be booed, right? So, I mean, I guess you would garner it for me heat like that. But it's like, come on, are we really relying on that? We even got Corbin, the king of heat. He's out here now resorting to talking about people's kids. Like, really, bruh? Really, Vince? Come on now. I'm not saying you, you know. We all know there's more, you know what I mean, in, in the two-headed. You know what I mean? But it, it's all good. Not even, like I said, we're not complaining about it. It's just like, oh, man, really? So now Lacey goes crazy because Sasha's all, you know, trolling Lacey's husband and Lacey's daughter. Get this. Lacey goes crazy. Rightfully so. This is one of those moments where I can't even be upset with how Lacey decides to respond to that. You know, she's kicking ass. She's pissed off about it. And she's doing what any mother would do. Pause. Lacey Evans seems like an excellent mom. And I'm so just... It was good to see that. Do not go crazy and try to put her mominess all over TV now, WWE. Please. Take the compliment in stride and jog with it. Do not run. Because it's damn near like you're running with the dis with the scissors. 
please take it easy. Now, with that, Dana, with all of the greatness that I just spoke on, she's going to what? She, she's trying to hold Lacey back. Don't hold her back. Now you look dumb. Are you trying to have Sasha win? That's like a person having a fight and now you're going to hold their fists, but you're on their side, but you just don't want them fighting. No, let the person fight. Let them do what they need to do in the moment. You know what I think? I think it's because Batista ain't putting a little Batista babies in that thing yet. Let, look at this. I'm talking crazy. They asked for just a little bit more edge, and I'm going to just stay right there. It's like, it's obviously too early for, me, for anybody to be talking about kids and such like that. But I'm saying, Dana Brooke, I'm trying to make sense of why you're stopping a mother from kicking ass in the name of protecting the family. You should have went out there and saved men's if that was the case. Oh, but wait, the men only fight the men and the women only fight the women. We get it. Last time Nia Jax got in there with the guys, we don't even see Nia Jax now. Get well soon, Nia Jax. Come home. But, um, yeah, this is this is what we get. Dana Brooke trying to hold Lacey Evans back. That, that's dumb. You know what, that, that, that's dumb. That's just dumb. Really, really dumb. So, please, no more of that. Now, what? Well, we get in the tag team next week between the two teams. Not bad. I would hope that Bailey and Sasha went over in that for the good heat. But if we're building Lacey and Bailey for the women's championship at the Rumble, who's to say in the next taped episode that that's not going to be the direction they go with things? Whatever. We're going to see how it all goes. I'm not opposed to whatever they decide to do because, again, I'm not in charge of booking a product. I can only try to aid from this creative space doing the podcast from the shadows of the WWE universe. Next segment, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, oh, and Lacey was... Uh, so Lacey and Sasha battled, but they both did a little double count-out victory thing. Well, double count-out disqualification thing. So, now, DB and The Miz take on King Corbin and Ziggy. Um, it was a it was a pretty alright match. The ending is really the highlight of the match, in my opinion. I like the uh, the figure four on Ziggy, and you know Brian went and did the running knee. Pardon this ambulance running by. He's trying to avoid some of the uh, nasties himself while saving someone else's day. So with that, uh, yeah, they, they, Daniel Bryan hit that. Uh, pardon, sorry. Daniel Bryan hit that uh, running knee over uh, the figure four leg lock, which was pretty cool. I like that. That was a nice element. Oh, you know, I still don't like you. I don't like you either. Well, I don't like you more. I don't like you more and more. I don't know if I like it. I think I do, though. Y'all know how I feel about these odd couples. I called out an odd couple in Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, and now we got Bliss Cross Applesauce. Just put some respect on that. Uh, you know, you watch backstage, you look at Alexa Bliss interview she had, and you realize that they were definitely going the manipulative aspect, of, well, that that direction with things. And what did we what did we actually get? We actually got them tag teaming up, all because I said, hey, this might be a little, this could be a little cute odd couple that that the people get behind, and the people have gotten behind. So, uh. You know, and and dare I say, 
dare I try to shoot my shot and say, hey, I called him an odd couple first, and the next thing you know, you heard an old commentary from Michael Cole. I don't know. Maybe Sasha let Michael listen to the podcast. I don't know. He is like part of the executive producer and such like that. So it would make sense. It's okay. Whatever. I don't know how I feel about D. Brian Miz being a tag team on some odd couple because this could lead to a tag team championship brain. It was a little different last year with Miz and Shane. But D. Brian Miz, this, it, 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 it could be something new. It could be something new. So with that, shout out to everybody to bring you the podcast each and every week. That was uh, Friday Night Smackdown on Fox. I will catch you guys uh, Monday for Raw. Uh, I'm going to start trying to figure out some little NXT plugs to toss in here. I did today and, uh, you know, called out my, some of my faves. But that was, what, just maybe the women's division? Who's some up-and-comers? Right now, we like, uh, right now, Keith Lee is obviously one of the guys that has the most momentum. Uh, you know, Finn being back in NXT, he feels renewed, and it's uh, cool to see him in there. Him and Adam Cole had that awesome bang-up. Let's just go ahead and congratulate the whole NXT roster, you know, all of the people that, you know, took part in the show, and, uh, you know, all the people that had something to do with the show, even though they weren't necessarily on camera, like uh, like uh, H and uh, William Regal and such like that, and, you know, a lot of others. So, um, yeah, very, very awesome stuff. Uh, they had this week, and they won the Raiders War against the Alternative. So, uh, very, very good. I'm very happy that that happened. You know, it just goes to show that you stick with the fundamentals, and you know how to tell good stories, and you definitely get uh, awesome results. So, shouts to all of the NXT superstars. Uh, number one brand, you know what I mean? And they're doing their thing. I'll be there Wednesday uh, if y'all have me. So, with that, uh, yeah, uh, be responsible with your power, folks. I will catch y'all, what, Tuesday? For all the recap and review. Peace.